Welcome to the Performance Therapy Institute podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cameron Pulse, physical therapist and personal trainer at Performance Therapy Institute in Bangor, Maine. I interview health and wellness professionals that love what they do or anyone else that is interesting to me. We find out the why, the how they do what they do at work, how they continue to learn, and some information they would like for you to know to help improve your own health. If you have any questions you'd like me to address in this podcast, feel free to email me at Cameron at ptherapyinstitute.com. In this episode, I have uh, Dr. Zach Fendrick, physical therapist at Elite Sports Physical Therapy in New Jersey on. Zach is a very hardworking and humble PT. He's only been out of school for a few years, and he's already a very skilled and knowledgeable PT in his own right. I wanted to let Zach share his experience of what drives him to, to continue improving his craft at a high level and what it actually looks like to learn something new on a singular topic of study on a daily basis. I had a great time chatting with Zach. I learned a couple of new things myself that I started implementing with all of my patients, and I think he's a great example of the type of professional you want to be in the hands of. Hope you enjoy the listen. All right. So today with me, I have Zach Fendrick, AKA Boy Wonder. Just kidding. That's my nickname. I made up for him. Um, Cause Zach, how long have you been out of PT school now? Uh, February of this year was three years. So three years. years. Okay. Um, he currently works at elite sports physical therapy in Tintin, Tintin Falls, New Jersey in Melmoth County. I say that right. Okay. Close enough. <laughs> Uh, so I initially met Zach online, essentially in Bill Hartman's coffee and coaches calls. Uh, and we happened to be going to the intensive for the same session, uh, which is, uh, a continuing education course in Indianapolis. So we decided to save some money room together. And it was a good thing that we did because we're able to clear up and help each other through some of the thought process from the day before. Uh, even though we basically just passed out by the time we got back to the hotel room. Um, so I've been in touch with Zach since then. And my dude three years after PT school has been very creative uh, and putting in a lot of work into his craft. And I, if you were to ask him how hard he thinks he's working, he probably thinks he's just doing the average uh, that most people would be doing at this point but he's putting in just a lot of repetitions. He's talking to a lot of people, he's reading. And at the same time, he's staying very humble. So I just want to give a little insight uh, just to let him sort of tell, you know, why he got into physical therapy and what his life sort of looks like now. So people get an, an idea that, you know, there, there's what a sort of passionate and curious professional looks like in this field. And I know I say this all the time, it's, it's definitely not to, meant to be a slam to anyone else that's not super passionate or curious about being a physical therapist, but I do just want to highlight uh, some hard work that, that people put in, into their jobs. So Zach, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I know we're, we're chatting fairly regularly, you know, at least a, a text once or every other week or, or whatnot. Um, but can you, can we just start with where did you go to PT school? Uh, so I went to PT school at the University of Delaware. Gotcha. Oh, I actually, I didn't know that. That's a, that's actually a great PT school. I used to, uh, my, my, I was doing my first residency. I asked a lot of the, the knee current concepts for the, 
where the orthopedic stuff comes out of the University of Delaware. Um, yeah, they have, they have a, lot, a lot of people doing pretty interesting research out of there. So especially at other programs, but a lot of the professors there, their thoughts and research methods um, and findings kind of get blasted out there to a lot of the PT world. So it was cool to be in that environment and getting it in real time. Yeah, 49th largest state, putting out some great stuff. <laughs> Didn't know that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what made you decide you want to, to go to physical therapy school? Um, so I feel like my story is not terribly interesting and probably very similar to a lot of other people's in that I was just a very injury prone child, as I would put it, um, and was in and out of physical therapy. I think first time I went, I was probably like 10 or 11 years old for a broken ankle. Mm -hmm. Um, so between four or five broken bones, back spasms, knee surgery, um, just had a lot of experience in PT, Mm -hmm. um, kind of started to get interested in just like the human body and that type of those types of sciences. Um, was always asking my physical therapist a lot of questions, probably to his annoyance, um, just trying to understand everything that was going on. Um, but I basically went to college um, thinking that I didn't want to do physical therapy exactly. Um, so I didn't think I wanted to be in just like an office all day, um, kind of standing around. Um, it just seemed like too slow paced. So I went in undecided. Um, I was between just like a general business degree, like hadn't decided what specialty I was interested in yet um, or athletic training. Um, So I ultimately wound up in the athletic training program at Penn State. That's where I did my undergrad Um, and really, really liked it, really enjoyed it. Um, But ultimately what I found was in addition to just like the time commitment that athletic trainers put in, like all the respect in the world to all the athletic trainers out there, um, like the time that they're putting in with their athletes and their teams is tremendous. Um, I did not think that I could sustain that lifestyle. Um, what I also kind of found was that within the athletic training curriculum, the topics that interested me the most were the rehab classes. <laughs> um, so at that point, I'm like, all right, well, if I like the rehab side of things, then I should probably go to PT school. Um, so I knew I would need to find a place and luckily I have found that place where it wasn't just like a typical office setting, um, like slow paced. Um, but I knew that rehab emphasis was the way I wanted to go, which is kind of how I started my process of going to PT school. So how long were you in, in college altogether? Uh, between undergrad and grad school? Yep. Uh, six and a half years. Okay. So it was, yeah. it was four, four years of undergrad. And then most PT programs now are three-year doctorates, but Delaware was a slightly accelerated program. So it was two and a half years. Gotcha. So when you graduated, you had you graduate with your doctoral degree, correct? Correct. Yeah, I'm pretty sure every program does, but just want to. I don't think you can graduate without that now. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're not even allowed to sit for your board exam unless you yeah. have that. All right. So Penn State for undergrad, University of Delaware uh, for for grad school. When you were in PT school, did it? seem like what you had thought it would be like from all the times you were injured when you were younger? Uh, I would say yes. Um, I think one of, one of the cool things was like when I was just starting out, actually, I don't know if it was cool, but my, the knee surgery that I referenced earlier, I had that right before I went to PT school. Um, so I was actually like doing my rehab in the clinic at Delaware um, mm-hmm. while I was starting out in PT school. Um, so in addition to just like all the classwork that I was going through, I was also 
in the clinic rehabbing with a lot of like a lot of the professors that teach our classes they also work in the clinic so i was being able to see the clinical side and learn like kind of on myself <laughs> with them um, in addition to all the classes but i would say it was pretty much what i expected again i think having some exposure from undergrad with the athletic training um i think that's probably the major that's going to get you closest again it's not doesn't remotely prepare you to be a physical therapist or go through physical therapy school but it gets you the closest of any major in terms of like the style of classes and learning different joints and different topics within the, um, within like the rehab realm. Um, so I, I think I kind of knew what to expect better than a lot of people coming in. For sure. Yeah. I, I don't remember being in PT school and going, Oh, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be like, Oh, this, to me, I thought it was way different, but you definitely had a different experience before going into that. So I didn't realize so you had a knee surgery going into it. What do you mind me asking? What 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 type of surgery you had? I had a meniscus repair. Okay. So so inter intramural basketball senior year. <laughs> um, actually, don't know exactly how it happened. Like I don't really know the play or wasn't like a clear mechanism. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, I just remember like running down the court at one point and thinking my knee felt a little funny, but was able to keep playing. Um, and then I got home, was watching. TV on the couch, my roommates and knee started to swell and started to hurt. And I couldn't really move it the next day. Um, so that actually went to one of my athletic training professors. So that was kind of handy being in the program. I was like, Hey, can you like help me evaluate this and figure out when you need to go see a doctor? Um, and sure enough, it was a torn meniscus. Yeah. I think having, having those resources around you, uh, and it's just sort of funny. We'll keep asking the questions, but it, sort of makes a little bit more sense with your experiences why you're able to categorize and organize your thoughts as, as well as you are given your experiences leading up to that. So you have you have your knee stuff, you go to school, you get to like experience what it means to like be a patient as well as like what it what the side of sort of being the therapist at the same time. That's 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 awesome. I I I almost feel bad for people that don't seem to have a lot of issues going through any type of medical training. Cause I feel like you sort of miss out on what it's like to feel vulnerable uh, sure. and really yeah. rely on other people. So yeah, I, I, would, I would never say that like, I'm happy I had that knee surgery. Like I think obviously I wish that I didn't have to go through it. Um, but in hindsight, knowing now that I don't have any like recurrent issues as a result of it, um, I think it was one of the best experiences for me going into this field. Um, just again, like before I even got to PT school, just to go back again with the athletic training, had the opportunity to work with athletes that were fresh out of surgeries and going through their own rehab processes. And like, not to sound insensitive, but like you're doing the range of motion and they're in a little ton of pain um, and pushing whatever. And you're just like, God, it really can't hurt that much. Like, you just have a really hard time believing it, having never gone through yourself. And like, you understand, like, obviously it's going to hurt, but just like some of the pain that these people are reporting, you just really can't fathom it. Um, and then you go through it yourself and maybe karma's a whatever. Um, but it's like, I had issues with my range of motion and I'm like, damn, like it, it really hurts that much. Um, so I think just like the, the empathy and understanding um, that I'm able to give to some of my patients. And I'm, I'm really careful to never try to say like, I never tell them that I understand what they're going through because um, I think I'm sensitive to the fact that everyone's experience is unique um, and that everyone comes into their surgeries or injuries with different prior experiences, which influences their perception of their pain. Um, 
but I think I have an ability to appreciate is probably a better word than understand um, what they're going through. And I think my surgery allowed me that ability. That's a great point. I, um, so I mean, cause how old are you now? 28. Okay. So when I was 28, I had a, I was similar thing playing basketball. No one touched me. Uh, <laughs> lower back felt, felt funny, managed to keep playing, won the game. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, we're playing two on two outside. So when's a win? When is a win? <laughs> Went home, similar situation. Can't really move my back. End up with, you know, stuff going down the leg and turned out to be like, ended up being a chronic pain patient myself for essentially a couple of years. But if I, and I I had that right at the beginning when I was doing a fellowship program myself that was at that point, it was based on complex spine conditions. So it was really nice to have this, this plethora of resources, you know, give their, cause they've walked people through this so many times. So yeah, to have that experience, I, I know what you mean. We're like, man, I, I, I definitely never wish to say that I had that, but on the other hand, in terms of what it adds to your craft and not only that, but what it gets to add to that rapport you get to build with, with your patients, like you said, right. It's, you have an appreciation for what they have, but at the, but at the same time, like that, that builds a lot of trust already in your patients. Cause they're like, cause if you say, Hey, I know this sucks when I push it, like rather not going to, you know, whatever that is, then they feel like whatever you ask them to do, they have a little bit more trust in, in what you're trying to suggest to them. For sure. So let me ask you this three years out. I know you've put in a lot, a lot of work in a lot of different, a lot of different fields of study how, what have you done since PT school in terms of continuing your training? In terms of just like continuing education? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was your intention <laughs> with the question? <laughs> Not that. I, so like, okay. So like graduate PT school. Um, so I've talked about this with s- some of my uh, friends who, who are in management positions now. And they're you know a little bit older, and uh, I think a sort of an understanding or maybe misunderstanding that a lot of PTs are coming out of PT school now with, especially with a doctoral degree, is that is the way it's marketed is that you have a terminal degree, you have a doctoral degree, therefore you somehow like reach the pinnacle of this journey of learning because you have there is other than going to school somewhere else and working on a PhD, you've essentially have reached this situation academically where there's potentially no more to learn just because based on the title of your degree. But that's clearly not how it's not, it doesn't seem like that's how you see it. So what sort of, what were you introduced to? Like, what did you see? What did you witness? What did you observe that led you to like keep learning? So I think I was, and again, I think you hit the nail on the head that PT school is not like a terminal degree where you've reached all the education that you need. Um, I think myself in the setting that I wound up in, I was in for much more of a rude awakening, at least initially than the average PT. Um, so I work in a setting where probably 90% of my patients are below the age of 18 um, and 
terms of their either middle school, high school athletes. Um, and we get some college, like that number, that percentage will change over like winter and summer break when college athletes are home from school. Um, and then the remaining percentage is active adults. They're trying to get back to some sort of like sport related goal. Um, but given that I wound up in that setting, um, a lot of what I do is much more. So I would, I would classify more as like strength conditioning, um, with like a rehab emphasis or a PT emphasis, um, than what like true physical therapy is. And sure, like in the early post-operative phases or like in a really like early on after an injury in the acute phase of the rehab, um, that looks a lot more like what they taught us in PT school. Um, but I was, like I said, and for a rude awakening, when I realized I had no clue how to progress a plyometric or how do you teach someone to change direction again? Um, or like there's more to lifting schemes than three sets of 10. <laughs> um, so it kind of just like smacked me right in the face that this huge knowledge gap that I had. Um, so I think that was the low hanging fruit that I tried to attack right away um, in terms of like, I think the extent of what we got in PT school with plyometrics was like, start on two and then go to one leg or like don't jump super high. And then you can have them jump higher as they get more comfortable, which like, there's just so much more to it than that. Um, so really starting to go into like either coworkers. So I'm lucky that I work in a facility um, where we share space with a sports performance center um, where they do like speed, agility, strength conditioning for youth athletes again. Um, so I was able to pick their brains. Um, I have some pretty smart coworkers. Um, that had experience in the field with this type of population that I could pick their brains. Um, but really going after that, I think was like the initial focus of my continuing education. Gotcha. When you, like when you first kind of went in there and you're watching people like do this stuff, that's like, didn't look anything like you had learned in school. Was your first take like, oh, that's cool. What are they doing? Or was it like, what, what the F is happening? Like these, these guys are doing some, some crazy stuff. Uh, it was probably a combination of both. Um, <laughs> nice. I think like initially as a new grad, it was probably the like, oh crap moment first. Cause you realize that you're now responsible for taking these patients and athletes through these things. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, you're the one whose butts on the line if something goes wrong. Um, but also the oh cool part of it for sure in terms of like wow like this is what I love doing this is what I get to do like yeah I need to get better at it I'm not in any way prepared to do it right now um, but like I'm gonna get better at it um, and it's gonna be really really awesome when I can confidently take people through that um, so just kind of going into it with that mentality of like yeah it's not a good feeling to feel inadequate um, but knowing that like I had the resources and I had the ability to learn it and then now take people through that. And I still have a long way to go, um, but like definitely feel much more confident three years later than like, I can still remember that feeling. And it was a really terrible feeling, um, but I think it, it's, it's cool to be able to grow. And like, that's one of the things I love about this field is that like you get to continue to learn new things and get better in areas that you sucked at a while ago. It's like one of my, uh, I, one of the last podcasts I did with my mentor, he called it the Sunday scaries. <laughs> For, for new PTs being like, oh crap. And then yeah. I remember asking him like, oh, how often do you, you know, do you worry about, you know, these patients and whatnot, like on the weekends? And he's like, and his answer was, well, being a good PT during the week makes for good weekends. And good weekends make for being, being a good PT during the week. 
Does that answer your question? You know, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> you feel like you got a couple of different ways, but <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. All right, uh, that makes sense. So, so like you're telling me, you know, before before we started this this recording, so you most of the year it sounds like you don't start work until like one o'clock, and and then you and then you end pretty fairly late. So what do you like are you studying or like thinking about sort of how you're going to get better like once in a while like how do you sort of utilize that you know some free time you know do you do, do you budget it for for learning more yeah so like you said don't start till one o'clock unless unless the, unless the summertime so treating a mostly school-age population um, my boss has made the very smart business decision to just not be open during morning hours because they're in school. <laughs> um, so we just, <laughs> yeah. we just wouldn't have that many people that come in. Um, so uh, over the summer, we'll have morning hours on a few days of the week because um, they're obviously not in school. But for nine months out of the year, not starting until one o'clock. Um, so my mornings look fairly similar day to day um, in that I usually budget like an hour to work out. Um, so I don't have to like wake up super early to do that again because I don't start till one. Um, catching up on like documentation or paperwork that I didn't get to do the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then any remaining time, it usually winds up being like 45 minutes to an hour each day, um, which is I think the crux of the question is like some form of continuing education or trying to learn, uh, whether that be reading a research article, watching videos, um, just sitting there thinking mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my coworkers will walk in like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but just some way that I'm trying to get better. Um, and again, I think part of that is that I'm at a point in my life right now um, where I don't have like a ton of other responsibilities outside of work. Um, and I recognize and have the foresight that like, it may not always be like that. Um, so right now, like, I don't see any reason why I shouldn't be doing that. Um, that I'm only three years out of school, have so much to learn, so much that I need to get better in, um, that I may not like be the smartest and I may not be just like the most naturally gifted PT out there, um, but I can definitely put in the work um, and put in the time studying to try to get better. Um, and then I feel like that's like the old like athlete cliche of like, oh, like no one's gonna outwork you. And like, I'm not naive. Like there are probably people out there that are outworking me. Like, I don't think I'm putting in that many hours a day, um, but I'm going to do my best to put in as many hours as I reasonably can um, for the sake of my patients. Like they're coming to me for help. Like if I'm not busting my butt outside of hours to get better, like just going, I'm just going through the motions year in, year out. Like sure, I could be practicing for five, 10 years, but it doesn't mean I'm five, 10 years better. It just means I've been practicing for five or 10 years. Um, so trying to put in that time when, now that I can in those mornings is a huge deal to me. So try to at least give like 45 to an hour each day is what I usually shoot for. That's a, that's a great point. Um, I remember I just started getting in the habit of that a couple of years ago now, just trying to meet a similar benchmark of that 45 minutes to an hour in the morning. And, and then by the end of each week, you know, that's, you're talking about four to five hours that you've put in. It adds up. And then, it, it, you know, by a few months down the road, all of a sudden you're like, what was I doing three months before? Like what that was, you know, yeah. the, the, the change, the changes are drastic and they're, and they're quick. 
Uh, and some of the stuff you've been posting on on social media, uh, I was sharing again with one of my one of my good buddies who's been a PT for a long time. I mean, he was my CI when I was when I was doing my clinical rotation, and uh, it was the one about the working on the acceleration phase versus top speed phase for the uh, quad tendon versus hamstring tendon. Mm-hmm. And reading it the way you laid it out and 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 some of the research that was in there. I brought that up to him and he's like, what? He's like, that's, I would have never put those two together. I'm like, that's, that's my point. That's why, that's why I call him boy wonder is that, <laughs> you know, but there's always somebody, you know, there's always someone, there's always someone smarter. There's always someone faster or more skilled with their techniques. You know, like when I was doing my, my, my manual fellowship, there was, I had to put in so much time and effort practicing with my hands And there were, you know, there, and at that point I was already like six, seven years out and there would be, uh, I don't mean to call them kids, but you know, they're, when they're like 24 and they're like just graduated PT school and they're putting their hands on people and like picking things up. It's like, I don't know, some people have an art or just a, a skill to just touch another human being in a comfortable way. And it's me, I just need constant feedback to work on that. But in your case, man, like you're, you're just, you're putting in so much work. Uh, and it's like my, my mentor, Martin Langas said, you know, being a, not only is, is it help for your patients, but it's for you, you know, if work's fun when you feel like it's, it's a puzzle, but it's also fun when you know who to ask, like you, you network with so many individuals, you, you surround yourself with, with smart people, uh, you invest in making sure to be part of, you know, network groups and, and whatnot to, uh, to be able to ask. So, you know, it's not just your patients, but yourself work is way more fun rather than, you know, the, doing the head scratch tests, you go, Oh boy. No, you for know. sure. I, I, I definitely love what I do. It's like in talking to like, even just like friends, not even in PT, but just like in like mm-hmm. my circle from college or whatever. Um, I don't think there's a lot of people that like can truly say that, um, which I think is part of the reason why, I'm willing to put in that time. Cause again, like I say, I do it for the sake of my patients, but like, it's also fun for me. Like it's really, really cool to get to like, I sound like a nerd now, but like, it's really cool to get to. I'm right with you. I, I know what you mean. But like, I get to wake up and like go learn something that is a interesting to me and B going to help me with what I do every single day. Um, so I don't know. I just try to like, and just going back to like what you're saying about like the acceleration and Max Wasi, like someone mm-hmm. not being able to like put that together. I'm sure there's something that that person you spoke with is putting two and two together that I never would have, um, which is why it's like important to be having conversations with other people. Um, like I'm never, I guess the way I try to approach it is like, I try to solve like problems that I see in the clinic. Like I'm not the person that can just sit there and come up with this like esoteric or just like global question and then like go search for answers. Like I'm just not good at that. But like what I do think my strength is like, I'm very observant. Um, with what I'm seeing in the clinic on a day-to-day basis. Um, and I think I was observing that certain patients were having more trouble with their sprinting progressions and acceleration progressions than others. So what's the difference between those two, <clears throat> excuse me. And then you just start to break it out like that. So I, I try to approach my continued education from like a problem solving standpoint um, of just what I'm seeing. And that's what guides me in terms of like what I'm trying to learn. Um, but again, like, I don't think it's like any like special ability. It's just like needing to pay a little bit more attention than the average person. Yeah. But I would also, 
uh, I had I had this conversation with uh, again on, on on another recording at the with an athletic trainer that opened his, his own office uh, in Maine, where we was talking about the fact that you observed and reflected, and even was curious enough to realize there was a difference and a gap, rather than it's it's easy enough to sort of say, well, you know, for some reason that happens and we don't know. And, and truly we don't, but instead of being curious enough to investigate something, and as basically, you know, the foundation of scientific method is like, oh, there's an observation, therefore let's create a question and then try to answer it. And so I think that it's, that's sort of what sets you apart from other people is, is in, in my opinion. And the other thing that, that you have this skill is being able to, to, to have a conversation with someone. And, and when you ask a question, you're very good at letting the person like walk through their answer. Like let's say if, you know, whether it be me or I've seen you do it on zoom calls with other people, you know, you, you're, you taking the information, you listen, like respectfully taking it in, but if they didn't answer your question, you're like, you're very good at, at politely and diplomatically being, you didn't answer my question. <laughs> well, I don't know. So like, and I know the situation that you're describing. And I guess like what I would say to that is assuming that you've entered like a conversation where you're asking questions, like there's a mutual understanding that we're here to like try to get to the bottom of something. Like the person that I'm going to, they are having that conversation with me, like for the ultimate goal of me improving my understanding. Mm. So I think it's just a question of like, maybe it's just me not caring, but like if I came into that agreement that I was going to come out of it with a better understanding and that person was willing to give me their time. Um, and if they weren't willing to, then obviously I wouldn't push them and never would have had the conversation in the first place. But if they're coming into that, that means that they want me to understand. So why, why wouldn't I ask the follow-up <laughs> um, or else, I didn't get what yeah, I was but I, but like the, the fact that you like get that, like there's a lot of people at high levels of various businesses that like have that skill. And I don't think they came, I don't know if they've always had it um, or they always had that, that paradigm shift. Cause even myself, right. Is I, if someone's answering a question and they're like going into this conversation, trying to, trying to help me out. I often forget what it was. My initial question was. So the fact, the fact that like somehow your mind over a long period of time can stay focused on a single topic is, I, I, I think, I think is a strength that your ability to like sort of get into something, you know, really reflect on it, even within, within a conversation, maintain the single singular topic, as opposed to like what I'm doing right now, sort of monologuing off the topic, but it's right. uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. So I, 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 that's not. I don't know if that's really a skill that, you know, maybe obviously it's something that we can we can all work on. But, but more or less, I I think the work that you put in, uh, out, outside of of work hours and a little bit of time, and just the fact that you're doing stuff outside of work, a because you enjoy it, it's a hobby, and then second, your ability to to reflect on your outcomes live watching your clients is, is, is awesome. I, I don't, I don't think that's something that's done enough. Um, I mean, I know I do it a lot more now. I'm also a lot 
slower in my business model at the moment. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that's fantastic, man. I, I think you're doing awesome work. Um, and you're at it. I think you're adding a, a lot to the field in general and in your community is really, really lucky to have you, but I got another question for you. If there's any one thing that you wish your community knew either to sort of decrease the amount of, you know, suffering that they had or to make their rehab smoother. If you wish there's one, one concept that people knew, what do you wish it would be? Yeah. So that of the questions you sent me ahead of time, this is probably the one, one of two that I spent the most time thinking about. And do I get two or do I have to narrow it down to one? Uh, of course you can do two. I just like setting it up so that it creates yeah, uh, it's, it's much, much more, it's much more dramatic that way. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. No, I'm going to, I'm going to take two. Um, so I think the, the first one, um, and I think it's part of like the, the impetus for you starting this, one of the reasons you started this podcast, um, from what I understand, um, but just the idea that like not all PT is created equal. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, they just hear physical therapy and they assume that wherever they go, they're gonna get the same exact thing, um, which is just not the case. Um, And I guess you can spin that both positively and negatively. Um, In a positive sense, there's a ton of different professionals out there with varied educations, both from like their actual graduate school that they went to, but then the continuing education that they've chosen to pursue after school. therefore they're treating very differently with different methods, interventions, whatever you want to call it. Um, and a lot of those people all get really, really great results. Um, so I think that's like really, really encouraging in a sense that you can go to different people and still get better or have them help you get better. Um, but then on the flip side, of that, I think there's also a negative connotation to that, that people get discouraged because they went and they tried physical therapy um, or what they believe to be like the only way that physical therapy is done and they didn't get better. Um, so then their only solution is whatever surgery, further medication, whatever you want to call it. When the reality is that maybe, and I'll say maybe, cause you never know for sure, but maybe they could have gone to another physical therapist that had a different treatment philosophy, educational background. Um, and they could have been totally fine with that treatment. Um, so it's this idea that not all PT is equal. Um, so that like, if you're not getting better somewhere, then it doesn't mean that you need to continue to suffer. And there's no answer. If you tried everything else, like maybe you just need to try a different provider. Um, the second thing that I was thinking about, um, and it's like one of like the sources of frustration with my patients that I see sometimes, um, but like, it's okay to ask your PT questions, um, which like, it seems like such a silly thing to me. Cause I'm like, oh, like, why wouldn't you want to ask me questions? Like it's your body, like you're injured, you're coming to me for help. Like you should know what's going on, but like, for whatever reason, I think it goes back like generations, this idea that just like the doctor is the end all be all. Um, and like whatever they say goes and I just have to follow. And like, I even see like with my grandpa, like when he goes to the doctor, he doesn't, doesn't question a single thing um, that he or she says. Um, it's just, oh yeah, they, like they told me this, that's what it is. Um, but this idea again, that like, I'm here to help you. Like you have every right to know exactly what, what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. Um, and like, it's never annoying. Like I think some people are going to feel like when they ask me questions or like, they feel like they're badgering me or like challenging me. Um, and like, sure, like there's a way to do it politely, like politely and respectfully. Um, but I want them to ask questions. Um, so like something, I don't remember, this is not 
my word, so I can't take credit for it, but I, I also can't give credit because I forget where I saw it. <laughs> um, but something I started doing like within the last year, um, at the end of every evaluation, um, I used to always ask like, do you have any questions for me? Um, and I thought I was like doing a really, really good job with that, like giving them an opportunity um, to basically just ask for clarification on anything that I had said. Because obviously when you're recapping what you find, you're throwing a ton of information at them. Like surely mm -hmm. they should probably have some questions. Um, but what I guess I realized was asking them, do you have any questions? It still doesn't really like invite them and let them know it's okay. Um, so I've just flipped the word wording a little bit um, and I say like, what questions do you have for me? And again, it's a very, very subtle difference, um, but I've noticed a huge difference in the number of questions that people ask me now. Um, Cause again, instead of saying like, do you have any questions? Yes or no. What questions do you have for me? It almost, it has like the connotation that I'm expecting you to have questions and I want you to ask them for me, like, what are they? Um, so again, I think not all PT being created equal and it's okay to ask your physical therapist questions um, are two things I think could help the general public a lot. I understood that. What questions do you have for me? Yep, I'm absolutely gonna start saying that. That was a great point, great point. It's, it seems so stupid and you're like, like, the first time I heard it, I'm like, all right, yeah, like, I'll try this, but like, there's no way it's actually gonna make a difference. And like, it's, I mean, there's no way, like it's very, very noticeable in terms of, and again, there's still people that they don't ask a single thing. Like that's just how they're gonna be. Um, or maybe I didn't do a good enough job of making them feel like they could ask the questions, but I've gotten more people, a greater percentage of people um, to ask questions about what I've told them or about their own health um, just by flipping that wording a little bit. Fantastic point. Yeah, I had a, to, to your first point in terms of, you know, PTs being, being equal or a patient actually gave me a great analogy as we, I was having a conversation with her, where she, she said, she gave like two different scenarios where she said, well, if you have an artist and say they paint flowers, right? If, if you, if you give them two different flowers, even if they're the same type of flower, even if you, maybe if you gave them the same flower and you had them make two different paintings, it would turn out different. Right. It would not look the same. The, the time that they put the things that they saw would be different you know, each time with that flower. But on the same hand, if they were, you know, the, the way they would attack painting a different type of flower would be, you know, different. But let's say you had an artist that is also successful and, you know, financially sells a lot of paintings and they were to paint the same flower at the same time as this other artist it would come out, their, their perception would be different and the outcome being positive that it still creates this, this, uh, this sensation or experience for the people that look at it, but it's, it's different. And, and sometimes I, it's sometimes just a matter of luck, right? It's like, who are you with the right person at the right time? Um, you know, cause there's definitely people with, with my mentors that I, that I've seen, you know, work with them and, we want to call it a failure. I, you know, it's just, it's just, I wouldn't call it that, but it's like, it's just an outcome, right. That occurred from their interaction. Whereas then what if I, you know, it, at the same time, if, uh, if I've had a similar type of patient and, you know, I see that I may get better outcomes with that type of patient, it just really matters on the individual. So not necessarily putting a, you know, saying that there's a hierarchy of PTs, which is not what you were saying. I just, uh, I thought this was a, I thought it was an interesting analogy that this, this patient had made that, we're all, we're individuals and, and whatever our perceptions and whatever point in time occurs, 
Um, you know, it does it doesn't mean that you failed PT in itself because it's not a modality. It's a it's a, it's, an, it's kind of singular experience you had with an individual, and just because it failed, maybe you just maybe it just wasn't the right person at the right time. Yeah, well, it's it's like why do people seek out like very specialized surgeons? Like that mm-hmm. that seems to be an idea that the general public is comfortable with. Um, like I, so, I work in New Jersey, um, very close to New York City. Hospital for Special Surgery is right there. Um, like we have people that will drive an hour and a half into the city to get their knee surgery done by a very specialized person at one of the best hospitals probably in the world. Um, but then they won't drive a half hour to go see someone that only sees that injury for a rehab standpoint. Um, so this idea again, just like why, why are you willing and why did you recognize the benefit in finding a very specialized person for one part of your journey? Um, but then for the other part, you're like, oh, physical therapy, like down the street or 30 minutes, like it's the same. Um, it, it, it wasn't the same. It's not the same and it never will be the same. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Great point. Anything else you wanted to add, Zach? No, I think that, I think that hit, hit some good points. Hopefully it hit some good points. I don't know. I guess everyone else will be the judge of that. <laughs> well, Zach, it was a pleasure having you on, man. I really appreciate your time and energy and, and sharing your insight and, and your stories. Um, I, I ho- hopefully some people find some, some good points before they go to PT and hopefully they can get linked up with someone that can help them better. Um, man, uh, you'll probably be a future guest. So just keep doing what you do. You're awesome, man. <laughs> thank, thank you for that, obviously. Um, and thank, thanks for having me on. This is fun. Yeah, absolutely. Later, man. See ya.